Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Hey, welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. It's uh, Frank Arone here. Tuesday, October 25th, 2016. Uh, just c- concluded uh, week seven of uh, NFL action here last week. And uh, let's go out to Vegas and get Rob on the phone and see how he's doing. Robbie, how you, uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. Not not great, but hanging in there. I, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Um uh just got the uh first first NBA game here on uh on one screen and flipping back and forth between that and the World Series here, so it's a pretty pretty good time overall uh in the sports world with uh NBA starting, hockey underway and World Series and then of course uh you know our bread and butter with uh, the NFL here. Uh, hitting about the midway point here soon. Yeah, I, I got Cleveland on a future. I got a pretty good price of that. I got what was it, uh, seven to two, I think. So plus four fifty. Nine, nine to two, I guess. <laughs> yeah, good one. Nine to two plus four fifty to win the World Series, and I also had them in the last series against. Uh, uh, who did they play? Who did they knock off? Uh, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. So I had them in a series, and then I had them for the World Series now, and then I also had them pretty heavy for this game one here, and I actually got them about 20 or 25 cents ahead of the, the move. I got it at plus 107, I think, and now it closed at about minus 110, minus 111, I think I even saw. So that's pretty big, pretty big steam, but so basically what I'm trying to say here is you can guarantee that this is going to be a dead nuts loser here for Cleveland tonight. <laughs> yeah, Lester, you thinking... Shut out, no hitter, perfect game, some somewhere along those lines. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess somewhere along those, yeah. So anyway, anyway. all right, what? Uh, let's uh, go over a little recap of uh, how we did last week. The weekend recap. So how how'd you do? Um, a little rough. Uh, I guess my handicap, I think, was pretty pretty spot on for the most part. It just didn't really work out. Um. Wow, yeah, I don't know. I I got there with New Orleans, which I've liked quite a bit all week, which I said in the podcast, and I told you that, and I got a at 7, um, and that game kind of a little bit fortunate to cover there, but they did have a chance to even win the game, so I I don't feel like I was on the wrong side by any means, but it kind of looks like that if you're just on the surface level. But that's another game where it closed at either 5.5, 6, or 6.5, and, and then the game ended right on 6. So, I, I like I said, I got it at 7, or at least at 6.5, but... Another game where you know it doesn't really matter who you have as long as you have the best numbers. So, and that's even a pretty dead number as well. So it's not not I mean not completely dead. I shouldn't say, but it's definitely not one of the most key numbers. I should say, it's I think it was fourth on the list. But it's just show, it just goes to show you how important the number is. And um, 
so anyway, but uh, at Oakland, I think we both like Oakland the whole week. That was your AS pick of the week that got there pretty easily. That was just like we said, I, wrong team was favorite there, getting Oakland with the points. It just didn't make any sense. Jacksonville's not that good of a team. And that Rams game, uh, we were both on the Rams, and I don't feel too bad about that bet either. Then uh, <laughs> I had Cleveland and Pittsburgh as losers, but uh, Cleveland, they lost that pretty much from that Hail Mary there in the second half, about 55-yard 50, Hail Mary there at the first, at the end of the end first of, half. There. Yeah, end of the first half, the, going to the, uh, before, before going to the second half, yeah. So uh, that was uh, kind of unlucky, and a lot of other things happened there. The quarter, quarterback got knocked out, and a few, you know, they had plenty of chances to backdoor cover there, but with getting 11 points, I released it at, but just uh, couldn't get there. So a lot of, a lot of things that I feel like in the long run are going to go my way, but that week, last week, and unfortunately they did not. So I don't know. What are you going to do? You just got to pick up your head and keep grinding forward, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It was a weird week. Um, I know there's, we had, you know, eight screens going, and I I was playing a game trying to find a respectable team on the of the whole bunch, and it was, <laughs> it was slim pickings there. It, uh, it's amazing how just poor the overall quality of the games are. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, I was looking forward to that Vikings Eagles game as, you know, not only a Vikings fan, but also just a fan of non garbage football. And they didn't, didn't deliver anything, uh, noteworthy. That's for sure. I know I had a couple friends over, you know, Kush was over and he, he was falling asleep <laughs> throughout the whole Viking game. And, and we had eight screens going and it's like, oh, I can't really blame you with all this garbage football going on. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, not only that, it wasn't even garbage football that was at least paying off from a betting perspective. It was just, you know, strange uh, circumstance after strange circumstance with a bunch of poor football being played. So hopefully uh, going forward here, it's a little bit more uh, eventful in a good sense and, you know, and also more profitable. I ended up going two and three on my releases if you include the Thursday night. So I ended up losing a little bit on the week, but still it wasn't too bad, but... uh, I felt uh, felt my handicaps were pretty spot on. And like you said, that Rams game could have gone either way, and uh, taking a full field goal in that game was, I think, a you know, a decent bet. Just uh, ended up losing on Case Keenum, but uh, you know, whatever, for the most part, I I felt all right about the week, and and hopefully going forward here it'll be a little bit more entertaining, plus a little bit more profitable. Yeah, and I guess I just say that when he threw what was it four interceptions and. Two of them were in the end zone, like literally in the end zone that, you know, could have turned into points but didn't. And they had the pick six, knew what the Giants did for 50 yards or whatever it was, which was a pretty fluky play, hit the receiver's hand and bounced up and they returned it. That's just pretty fluky. And there's a few other things that happened too. It's just a game where, I don't know, that's a game I'll, just, I'll be happy taking the points every time. So even though it didn't work out this time. But I also want to say too, it's just fr- the other part that's frustrating is getting the best of the number. I got Jacksonville, Oakland under 49. And I didn't really see it much higher than that all week, and maybe for a very, very short time, but it was hardly ever there. It closed at 47.5, and, and the game should have been pretty much dead nuts under the whole way, or not dead nuts, but close to it. And they got some cheap, cheap, uh, Jacksonville got a cheap, cheap touchdown at the end there to 33-16, so it was a 49 final, so I ended up pushing, but most everybody lost on the under bet. And Buffalo minus 2.5, and, and it closed at 3, and uh, Tennessee I had minus 2.5, and, and that closed at 4 or 4.5, so a lot of. A lot of good numbers, and it didn't really pay off a whole lot. So it's just, uh, that's what makes it frustrating. But I'd, personally, I'd rather have you know the better numbers, and you know, I know that's better for long-term results than just one specific result on a small sample size like that. Yep. Yeah. If you beat the market consistently, 
in the long run you're going to make money uh just a matter how long it takes so you know it's uh deal grade the uh grade the process and not the results and eventually it'll uh, work itself out but uh, hopefully hopefully it works itself out here sooner rather than later um, yeah. Maybe maybe as soon as week eight, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, we'll we'll see. We're gonna have to dig pretty pretty deep into the grindstone here to find some value. I think this week, but we'll we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I feel similarly, but let's uh, let's get right into it. So off the uh, last couple thrilling primetime games of that six six tie and uh, that thriller that was Houston and Denver last night. Now we uh, roll right into a little Jacksonville at Tennessee on Thursday night here to keep the string going. So that'll be pretty exciting um i guess tennessee at uh just a flat three here what uh what'd you have yeah that's one of my guess was tennessee's minus three and a half i had my power rating i had tennessee minus three right where you had it and then the westgate opened this line tennessee minus three and a half where i guessed it and then the look ahead was tennessee minus three from the week before so right we're all right in that ballpark and not a whole lot of movement here i don't see uh i mean i, I guess if anything maybe a little bit of movement on jacksonville um but, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't anticipate this movement a whole lot more than it is. And um, I don't really know. I don't really have a side, opinion on the side either way. I had a decently strong opinion on the under and that I saw 46 and a half, 46. Um, but I didn't pull the trigger. I got. I was kind of second-guessing myself just from, you know, everything that went on the week before, week seven. So I don't know. And that ended up being a pretty bad move because now I'm seeing 43 and a half, 43, 44. So I would have gotten you know a good two two and a half points of value there. I, I think part of the reason too is it wasn't really widely available when I saw it, so I didn't really want to release it as a play just because it. I mean, it was there's quite a few books that, but none of the Vegas books had it, and it just kind of wasn't super widely available. So I didn't want to felt too good about releasing that one. So, but you know, looking back on, it, I definitely should have at least bet it personally and and uh, got it in there. But what are you gonna do? It's uh, just a mistake. I just got to trust my instincts, I guess, from now on, and that's pretty much what I've been doing all season. This uh, might be one that. I, Slipped away from me. Well, I uh, I can't say the same for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw the 46 and just thought that was out of whack because I think Tennessee's uh, pretty much a dead nuts under team, and I think Jacksonville's slightly an under team. So, and and the Thursday night games in general seem to be kind of you know sloppy and wonky and and uh, whatever. So I I uh, thought it was a decent situation there for an under. I thought. Uh, the the teams made for an under and i thought 46 was just a you know a touch or two too high so i ended up jumping on 46 and i i kind of kicking myself because there was a 46 and a half available for um a couple minutes there on sunday night and i then ended up moving on it and uh then it disappeared and i ended up taking the 46 but um obviously looking at it now like you said we're you know 43 and a half 44 at highest is the prevailing number um, I do feel pretty good about that 46 in my pocket right now, so we'll uh, we'll see. You know, I, I don't think you can ever be overconfident, especially on those Thursday night games, and especially involving two garbage teams like these two. Um, you never feel too confidently, but I think there's uh, you know it's pretty good value on there in that on the 46. So feeling fairly good about that. As far as a side, um, I do think there's a little bit of value in Jacksonville here, um, taking the extra half point. Uh, it's just hard. Like Tennessee is not a team I like laying points with, especially over a field goal. And uh, you know Jacksonville, they've been pretty terrible, but there's a little bit of upside there. I think they do have some talent. So I 
not a team that I'm going to want to lay points with either, but, uh, you know, getting over a field goal against a pretty mediocre to bad team, I don't think is a terrible spot either. So I have a slight lean to Jacksonville, but uh, I already released a, a play on the under there. So that's my main stance on the game. Yeah, I I don't know where I'd look in this game. I think it all just depends on the number right now. I guess I'd, if I was forced to probably lean Jacksonville, but I really don't like it either way. So, yeah, I'm, now that I missed the, missed the boat on the total and you know, kind of kicking myself, but what are you going to do? Um, yeah, going to be staying away uh, again as a Thursday night game. All right. Well, that's uh, the – I think it's the last London game of the year if, uh, is uh, on Sunday morning here, the uh, early, early I gonna, start. I was going to try to get out there and see one of them, but I guess I'll have to wait until next year. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's probably a good thing you haven't seen any of them so far this year between that – Indy Jacksonville battle, and then last week with the Rams Giants, there's been a whole lot to see. So, uh, if you could ever make soccer to look entertaining by comparison, I think the NFL is trying <laughs> trying to do that. Yeah, they're giving but, a good effort. Yeah, hopefully uh, this Washington Cincinnati game will be a little bit more visually appealing for the uh, the London faithful. But uh, what? Let's see. I had uh, my guess on this one was Cincy minus three and a half. What did you have? Oh, wow. Yeah, we're a little off base there. I had Cincy minus one and a half for my guess. My power rating for this game was Cincy minus one. And the opener was Cincy minus three, and that was a look ahead as well. And right now we're seeing three with, you know, either a flat three or three with juice towards uh, Washington. So that's kind of in that two and a half to three range, I guess you could say, but definitely more three. Uh, I guess I do see a two and a half with uh, minus 115 on Cincy. So, um yeah, with this game, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I haven't really liked Cincy all year. I think I haven't. They haven't shown me much to impress me whatsoever. I, you know, just reading off their wins, they've beat the Jets the first week, lost to the Steelers, lost to the Broncos, beat the Dolphins, lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Patriots, and beat the Browns. So that's a not really good, too good of a resume here for the the 2016 campaign. So, uh, and I, just from watching it and visually, I haven't really liked what much they're doing either. I don't think it's just you know something that's misleading or anything from the, the score lines or anything. So, And, and Washington, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not too high in Washington either, but um, they have they have played some pretty good competition I and mean, at least beat a few you know better teams than that and have a little bit better on their resume. So, I mean, the only way I could look here would be, be Washington taking the points, but I don't think I'll probably be getting to the betting window, especially if it keeps coming down at all or uh, if it doesn't you know, go up to a, a flat three or if it gets to like a three and a half. Yeah. So basically if it gets to a three and a half, I'll, I'll probably get there, but I don't think that will will happen. So probably going to be staying away, but I, I do lean, lean, have a tiny lean to Washington. Yeah. Just to uh, piggyback your point there, uh, Cincinnati, they're, you know, they're three and four, but the three wins, they beat the Jets by a point week one, which obviously if we've seen from the Jets, that's not too impressive. Then they beat the Dolphins on that Thursday night game at home. 22 to 7 you know whatever you give a little bit of credit for that but you know it's not not overly impressive either and then last week they beat the browns at home by 14 and even that was a little bit misleading so they've really done nothing this year to really gain much of my respect by any means so um you know i i don't think they're nearly as good as the uh you know, kind of the reputation they probably have across the league. So, if anything, I think they're probably a little overvalued at this point. And I'm not a huge Washington fan either, but, you know, they do have a couple of respectable wins, you know, beating the Eagles, beating the Giants, and, and then hanging tough with the Cowboys. And, and then last week they could have very easily beat the Lions and ended up blowing it late. And I uh, ended up losing an item over, a 20-star, you know, 
a two-unit play there on the uh, Lions and the Redskins over last week, and line moved in my direction and moved upward. And, you know, looking at the defensive quality of play there, it, uh, I don't know, I still feel fairly good about the bet, but it ended up being 2017, so it wasn't really close to getting over 49. But uh, I don't totally regret the bet based on the fact that the defenses were just moving at will from 20 to 20. But as soon as they got, you know, in the red zone, they just kind of bogged down, and there was a couple missed field goals, a couple fumbles, and uh, didn't quite get there. But so I still don't feel really strongly about the the Washington defense, but I also don't know if I really feel comfortable with Dalton taking advantage of it. So um, I'm not really sure what to expect out of either team here um, traveling to London, but. Um, I think the Redskins getting a field goal isn't a terrible bet because I don't think this this game is much more than a you know coin flip either way. So maybe lean a little bit to Cincinnati to win the game, but if you're going to give me a full field goal either way, I think uh, Washington's probably not too bad of a bet here taking the taking the three. Yeah, I agree. Um, that, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see with their travel patterns and everything because I, I told you this, but once I heard found out that the Rams were staying there all week in London and because they had had a lot of traveling to do after they played, was it Detroit, I think, and had traveled Midwest and from the West Coast, and they really weren't used to it a whole lot from moving to L.A. and the West Coast from St. Louis. So L.A. had to, and then instead of going back home and then going to London, they just went to London right after their game the week before that. Uh, they played the Giants, so they were pretty much in London all week there, and I, and where the Giants instead flew out there, what was it, on the red eye, Thursday night or Friday night or something like that, and then they practice and then they go and play. So I I like that schedule a lot better just because they don't have to sit there and, you know, their food and everything is not going to be changed and not going to be worried about touring, touring around and stuff, the city and all that stuff. So that, once I heard that, it did, did put a little bit of a dud in my, my Rams play, and but still I think it was a good bet. But So I'll be interesting, I guess, basically see what the travel patterns of these two teams are. I think I might want to know that before I actually put a, a bet in on Washington if I were. Yep, that's a good point. Um, before we move on to the next game here and start uh, looking at the early slate on Sunday, um, I guess we forgot to mention the buys, so we should probably uh, make a point of that. Yeah, so yeah, do you, do you know how many buys there are? Have you looked at it yet? Yeah, there's six of them, it looks like. Yeah, I was going to say, I, won't, I didn't expect there'd be six. I thought there'd be four. I, I don't know why there's six. It's kind of crazy. but yeah. uh, So it looks like, yeah, we got the, the, the Rams, on the, Rams on the buy, Miami, the Giants, Pittsburgh Steelers, San Francisco, and uh, Baltimore. So I got a full slate on the bye. Yep, just wanted to make a mention of that. So uh, I don't know if they got any. I don't think there's any like extremely strong takeaways really from any of those teams. I mean, San Francisco basically getting dominated at home by Tampa Bay. We were already talking about them being maybe the worst team in the league, but I think that uh, kind of confirm that i think they're uh about as bad as bad gets here so i think uh you know they're definitely a team that even if you don't want to necessarily go against them because the price is getting out of control here going forward um i don't know if you'll see me on san francisco you know maybe not the rest of the year but for sure not in the next couple of weeks here until the market really over adjusts against them well it's kind of crazy any- um, yeah, so do you have any main points out of, from the buy teams from last week? Yeah, well, I was going to say San Francisco, too. It's kind of crazy because we're looking at Philadelphia. Now they're they got to be considered a top-five defense, I would I would assume, and uh, they've looked pretty impressive. And last year their defense was god-awful because they basically just quit on Chip Kelly. And from from what I'm seeing, it basically looks like the defense is pretty much doing the exact same thing here 
this year with San Francisco. And it, you know, it makes sense. Logically, you kind of run it through the, the logic filter in your head, and you know, it makes sense. They have the, the fastest running uh, every snap. How many seconds of snap? I think it was like 25 or 26 seconds last week for San Francisco before they snap it, which is the first in the league by far. Uh, so they have this quick-paced offense. They don't do anything. They do quick three and out or don't don't make much happen, and they punt again. The defense comes right back on the field with hardly any rest. So you know, if I was on that defense too and your team's really not too good, and I'd definitely have reason to be pretty pissed off with the coach too, especially when it's not working and it hasn't worked really for the last couple of years. So um that, that'll be interesting to see if it continues to go that way forward i don't really know why it would change unless they start playing better but i don't really foresee that changing at all yep yep i would agree with that um, um as for other teams i yeah i don't have not a whole lot with anything on the giants i still don't think are pretty have quite a few flaws and you know they had just a few big plays and stuff their defense is a little, little impressive to me but their offense and stuff like that i don't put a whole lot of faith in so maybe look to fade them going forward obviously depend on the line but um any, anybody else yeah baltimore i think it's kind of just what i expected they over overachieved i think right away and now they're kind of coming down to earth where i would expect them to have been so we'll kind of see what they how they uh play out the rest of the season all right um so the next game um it looks like there's a time change on that green bay atlanta game from an early game to a later game so we'll skip that and uh, come back to that in, in uh, sake of chronological order. <laughs> um, so uh, but the next one up we got is Detroit at Houston. And on this one, uh, we did, I did make this guess before the Monday night game, but I just had Houston as a flat three. Uh, what did you have? Okay, yeah, I was a little light on this one. I had Houston minus one and a half. My power rating was a pick, but and then the Westgate opened at Houston minus three, even money. And a look ahead from the week before was Houston minus three. And um, right now I'm seeing some two-and-a-halves with juice towards Houston, a little bit of juice, um, or just two-and-a-half flat. So pretty much where I would have, you know, I'm not surprised to see where it's at now after after Houston looked pretty, you know, just didn't do much on, what was that, was it Monday, Sunday night? And, um, or sorry, Monday night. And <laughs> I don't know why I get those confused all the time. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> It's not that hard, yeah, that Seattle game, but it, all those games run together to me. But, uh, yeah, so two and a half, I don't know. I obviously lean Detroit a little bit, but it's one of those things where uh, uh, Detroit's been in a lot of games here and made it pretty competitive for, what is it now, three or four weeks. So I, this one this one surprised me very much if Houston had a pretty good showing here at home and Detroit's not a very good road team, I don't think. So this one – I won't be super shocked if Houston came out and looked halfway decent here and kind of stuck it to Detroit and they kind of get put in their place a little bit. But I'm not going to be, you know, betting on that, especially, you know, laying two and a half or three points. But so I guess, you know, I'll probably just be staying away here. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, we talked a little bit on Sunday night and I was saying that I wanted Denver to come out and look pretty good against Houston and, and Houston to kind of be sold, um, as a as a team on the according to the markets and get a little extra value on them going into this week and you know that basically did happen and now it dropped from three where it opened at uh, you know two and a half and so you're getting anytime you can lay under a field goal at home it's you know kind of enticing um, especially when you think the team that you're backing is you know equal or even better than the other team than the away team but I just that was kind of my plan but. 
I just don't know if I can really <laughs> pull the trigger back in Brock Osweiler. He was just it's just hard to watch. So yeah, bad. Miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And and it wasn't even like you know a, a, a Brett Favre or you know even like a Ryan Fitzpatrick now where you know he's taking shots downfield and or Jay Cutler you know trying to fit it into small windows and making some plays and turning it over some too like he's just you know checking down every play. And even even when he's checking down, he's missing throws. Like I, I saw at least two or three throws where he's checking down to a wide open tight end or running back, and it didn't even it wasn't like you know went off their fingertips. Like he wasn't even putting it anywhere they could even make contact with the ball. <laughs> and, yeah. and and not only that, he's he's what six eight or something like that. He's six nine. He's a he's a tall tall guy. Six seven and six I, eight. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw I think there's at least four passes get batted. It's like how in the hell is Drew Brees getting? He passes <laughs> yeah. over the line at you know five ten or six foot or however small he is, and then you're six eight and you're getting passes batted down. It's just it's uh, there's just there's something wrong there, and I just don't know if I really want any part of backing it, even if I do think you're getting an extra half point here. Well, it's funny because you look at you know quarterbacks, even like Fitzpatrick or something like that. Like you look at them, their faces, and they just look like pissed off. Like you know what's what's going on here? Like with him, it looks like he's just kind of like a somebody lost in the woods. Like he doesn't even know what's going on. Like he doesn't even care. <laughs> it's like well, I at the park. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, that's definitely not someone I'm, you know, too excited to back, especially lane points. So I, yeah, I, I hear you. That's why I don't know if I can. I don't think I can pull the trigger on Houston unless it got down to like a pick range, which is where yeah, that rating was. And I, I wanted um, to bet. I want to bet against Detroit on the road. Um, you know, I wanted to this week, but I just don't think I can get there for the Houston part of the game. But I think Detroit's um, kind of a sneaky underrated home road split team. Where I think their their offense kind of hums at home a decent amount, even though it didn't as much as I would have liked last week. But on the road, I think they're, um, they're a pretty significant downgrade in terms of uh, offensively. It just doesn't seem like they click as well, and uh, you know they're not quite as as fast. And Stafford just doesn't seem to play as well on the road. So I, I want to fade Detroit, but I just don't I don't think I can do it here yet. So hopefully, um, you know, it, uh, they're, Detroit's in a situation here. Sometime in the near future, where I can go against them on the road, but I just uh, going to be patient here and sit this one out and and uh, keep that in the back of my mind and and uh, you know hopefully get in a better situation here in the weeks to come. Yeah. Um. So the next game up we got here is uh, Seattle at New Orleans, and uh, I know when we talked uh, Sunday night right after the games got over. Uh, right after the lines came out, we just kind of gave our first initial reactions. I know you said that um, you thought this line was a little, a little out of whack, and it looks like the market's kind of already corrected itself. But uh, and this one, I guess Seattle minus four. What uh, would you have? Yeah, that's another game where quite a bit different on. I had Seattle minus one. My power rating was a pick. Uh, the Westgate opened at Seattle minus three and a half, although that was pretty high for the market. I think most of the market opened at about three. Uh, maybe with a little bit of juice towards Seattle. And then the look ahead from the week before was Seattle minus four, which is what you added at. Um, so I I liked it a lot, but then your contrary opinion, I kind of just, you know, especially with I wasn't uh, wasn't in the best mindset and everything too. So I just kind of was, you know, doubt myself and stuff a little bit. So I just, you know, kind of laid off it. But again, I'm kicking myself that I didn't buy that three and a half. Uh, right now we're seeing either two and a half with juice towards Seattle or, or three with juice towards New Orleans. Um a lot of a lot of steam moves and stuff all week that I've been getting from New Orleans or last couple of days I should say and 
yeah, that number's gone, and I can, you know, even a three, I'm going to have to pay a little bit of a premium to get it now. So that's a pretty pretty big move through a, a three and a half to a three and then a three, and, you know, now it's trending towards a two and a half. I don't think it's going to go much lower than this. I think this is going to kind of be the the peak for the excuse me the peak for the movement but uh, i'm still kind of kicking myself i didn't get in that and, and release it but um yeah obviously i like new orleans here but kind of the value has been uh, extracted in my opinion so not gonna be putting a bet in now it's kind of similar to that that jacksonville tennessee under kind of kicking myself about and but once i get i'm not gonna take a bad number because i'm stay disciplined so i'll probably just uh stay away unless it gets back up to the a, th- a flat three or three and a half yeah I, uh after we talked that was before the sunday night game and I've, you know, as we said, I've been kind of down on Seattle um, as a, compared to where the market's had them this whole year, basically. And uh, I haven't really been a fan of New Orleans either, but I think the market's pretty accurately priced New Orleans for the most part. And uh, it did seem a little high. Anything above three seemed like a uh, somewhat of a take there on New Orleans, just basically taking that offense at home. And, uh, you know, hoping they can keep it close and especially as a team that I don't feel the juggernaut by any means. And, uh, and then after watching that Sunday night game, it kind of reaffirmed how, um, how much I like New Orleans in this situation based on, um, you know, an overtime game like that where they play the full 15 minutes and get a tie, a late primetime game uh, against your division rival. Um, and then not only that, uh, in terms of time of possession in that game, I don't. Um, the, Seattle's defense was on the field. Was it forty-seven or forty-eight minutes? I think it was. Yeah, I was um, looking that up right now. But yeah, it was an it overwhelming was amount minutes. of time. Okay, and uh, it was just incredible. Like when you're putting that much, um, you know, that much effort into a game uh, against your division rival, you're you're going to be a little, uh, you know, a little worn out after that. And then not only that, you're flying flying back across country on not a short, short week because you didn't play the Monday night game, but, you know, late Sunday night, that's going to screw with your sleep that night uh, after flying back to Seattle. So you're on a you know, little bit of a short week, and uh, it's just not really a good spot for Seattle. So I thought uh, three and a half would have been a spectacular bet to have right now but uh so i'm kind of kicking myself as well that i don't have that and i thought about taking the three but even by the time i was going to do that the uh the, the flat threes were gone so i'm kind of in the same ballpark you are right now where i think that uh the best bet you could have made here was taking the new orleans at three and a half when you had the opportunity to but at this point i don't know if i really want to pay a lot of juice for the the three or take a two and a half or you know even take the money line on New Orleans, so I'm gonna kind of, kind of uh, sit back here and see what the market ends up doing. Sometimes it'll, you know, overreact back on uh, Sunday morning, or not necessarily overreact, but there'll be a move, uh, a dissenting opinion coming the other way. So hopefully this is a case where that happens, so I can end up getting uh, the number that I'd like on New Orleans. But if it doesn't, uh, just one of those things where you gotta. You know, kind of just move on and and watch how the game plays out and uh, kick yourself. And the next time, you know, be a little bit more confident and, uh, uh, you know, aggressive getting that number right away and uh, letting it sit there. Yeah, and 
I wanted to add too. I think New Orleans. I mean, it's pretty. I well aware that their defense is one of the worst in the leagues, but. With that being said, I do think the last couple of weeks they have shown a little bit of improvement or at least signs of improvement. So it's not like I'm going to say, oh, they're good defense now by any means, but at least they're they're going the right in the right direction from my perspective. And especially with Seattle's offense, I think this will be a, a time where Seattle's offense can shine a little bit. That's why you're kind of seeing the higher total of 47 and a half, 48. So that makes sense to me. I can see where they prosper just a little bit, but. Uh, the, you know, New Orleans getting points like that. Even like last week, I liked them a lot against Kansas City. It's a perfect deal too. Where they had so everything pretty much went wrong for them. Everything, a ton of different things went wrong for them, and they still were, you know, covered fairly easily just from you know the last couple possessions there, and they had a chance to win the game outright. So that's what I you know kind of like in New Orleans and San Diego are those type of teams you like getting points with. So yeah, I I disagree a little bit on New Orleans defense. I mean, I, the last. Last week they gave up 27. The week before they gave up 38. The week before they gave up 34. The week before they gave up 45. And uh, so I, I still think their defense is one of the worst in the league. But even that, with that being said, I don't think Seattle's defense is quite up to par with where it had been a couple of years ago. So I think when you're getting them in a good spot, New Orleans offense will be enough to overpower. Um, the Seattle defense to at least keep it within a field goal, but uh, you know for the most part we have the same same opinion on the game, just slightly different um, opinions on exactly how we're getting there. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, the next game is uh, New England at Buffalo. I had uh, my guess. This was probably my worst guess of the week. I guess New England minus three and a half. What did you have? My guess is New England minus four and a half. My power rating is where you had it. New England minus three and a half. The opener from the Westgate had New England at minus five and a half, and the look ahead was the same at five and a half the week before. So uh, we are seeing some jet, uh, Jets. We are seeing some Patriots money right away. Uh, five and a half. Now I'm seeing six and a half. I'm seeing seven, flat seven at sportsbook, which I I don't know. So I, this is a game, and obviously not going to be laying. You're you're pretty much paying at least a one or two point premium for New England, and maybe even more. Like that's kind of just built in now because they're clearly the best team in the league. Their offense is. You know everything's clicking on all cylinders. They just look pretty, pretty good. Um, but their their defense is a little shaky. But the betting public usually doesn't pay attention to the defense is quite a much unless they're you know pretty powerful like a Minnesota or Denver or something along those lines. But um, yeah, so this is a game I'm pretty much going to be on Buffalo. It's just a matter of you know when when I'm going to bet it and when I'm going to release it and what number I can get. I don't. It's hard to imagine it can go much higher than this, but um, I guess we'll kind of wait and see where the where the market goes because. I don't know. The markets, the New England games, kind of surprised me. And with that being said, the all the good situations and the spots, New England is the one team that basically the last ten years or whatever they just defy every rule of anything like that. So it's kind of hard to even last week against Pittsburgh. That's a you know perfect spot to take Pittsburgh getting that many points. I got it at seven and a half, released at seven, and they had plenty of opportunities but never got there. And you know it's just another thing where you know just the rules don't apply in New England pretty much. So it's kind yeah, of hard, but they're spot proof. Yeah, they're spot proof, but and you know eventually, uh, you know whatever. I think this is another one where you're gonna take Buffalo and you know just hope that they can uh, hang in there. Yeah, the uh, I mean, straight up this this point spread's too high. Yeah, it, I think yeah we can both agree on that pretty easily. Six and a half is just too high. It's just ridiculous. The I mean, if you say you're giving a flat three for both teams in home field. There's no way New England should be 12 and a half at home against Buffalo. That's just, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Buffalo believer, but that's that's just too high. If you look at since Brady's came back, they beat the Browns, 
the Bengals and the Steelers without Roethlisberger. I mean, that's by no means the most impressive trio. And yeah, you know, they got the job done. They they won won all of them fairly easily. But even like against the best team out of the three, there, I don't know. What I mean, I guess the Steelers. Uh, you don't really know what to make of them with Landry Jones in there. But uh, even like you know against the Bengals, they ended up winning 35-17. But they were pretty sloppy and you know weren't even really that impressive in that game. It's just since he kind of you know, shot themselves in the foot over and over again. But so, I mean, he, uh, yeah, give them credit for, you know, being six and one and since Brady's back being three and oh, and obviously they, I think they, I agree they're the best team in the league, but I, uh, I, I don't, I don't think they're, you know, like they were in what year, what year was that were Oh seven or whatever, where they were just yeah. dominating people and had a sick offense and they're a far cry from that team, in my opinion. So with all the, the mediocrity in the league right now, um, you know, I think they're a, a giant step up from a majority of the teams, but I think this is getting a little out of hand here. But on the flip side, um, you know, I, I don't really trust Buffalo. I think they're a decent team, but I don't think they're good or really good. And, uh, you know, they went down and lost to Miami last week, and, you know, whatever. I don't really take a whole lot of that game either way. But um, And then also you got the fact that the Bills – beat the Patriots in week four. Um, that was a Jacoby Brissett start the last game before Brady came back. So I know Belichick personally, I don't think likes uh, uh, Rex Ryan much at all from, from anything I've heard. So, you know, he's going to want revenge, especially in a game they've already lost. I don't, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but I can't imagine the Patriots have gotten swept too many times in division um, since Belichick and Brady have been there. So you can imagine they'll be fully focused for this game and, and, uh, Belichick's going to want to, you know, really stick it to Rex Ryan there at Buffalo. So as much as I think the Patriots are being overvalued here by the markets, I just don't like Buffalo enough. and I don't like the spot enough to, to try to buck that. And to your point earlier, the Patriots have been pretty spot proof and just able to overcome, um, some unlikely circumstances or, you know, situations where most teams would succumb to, uh, to bad spots. They've been able to kind of just power through that. And, and, uh, so you haven't, you haven't been, you haven't been making millions of dollars fading the Patriots here over the last 15 years. So at some point, uh, you'll probably end up making some money, but I don't think, uh, this is the spot where I really want to jump in here quite yet. Okay. And, uh, on to the next game. Uh, looks like I don't know if there's it's off the board or what, but we got the the Jets at Cleveland, and it looks like there's aren't, aren't a whole lot of numbers up. I don't know if that's a Cody Kessler. Yeah, question. well, there's two. They're undecided about Geno Smith was out, and then they're undecided, so they eventually ruled Fitzpatrick in yesterday. And the Cleveland quarterback was undecided, and pretty much right before we started this podcast, they they ruled Hogan in. Um, so there was nothing on the board. Now I'm seeing a few numbers pop up, anywhere from a two and a half with juice to the Jets or. Four and a half with juice, or four and a half minus one ten. So, yeah, this game there's just really not a whole lot. I don't, I don't even okay. know if it's worth yeah, I know. much. I know uh, Geno Smith. I think uh, he tore his ACL, so um, he's out for the year. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying he wasn't. He was. That's yeah. why it, the Jets just didn't even know because Fitzpatrick there was some locker room, you know, bicker and stuff. He was complaining to upper management about getting him pulled and all that stuff. And then once he got hurt, he went back. Once Geno Smith got hurt, then Fitzpatrick went back in, and so that's why there was a question mark there. I think for you know, and that's why he wasn't decided until Monday who was going to be the quarterback. But 
Um, I don't, I don't even know who the third string is to be honest with the Jets, but. Um, yeah. I know they had Hackenberg. They drafted him. I don't know if he's still there, but yeah. Regardless, from a betting perspective and a point spread perspective, I, I don't think I, there's much on this game. I, I like. I think Kessler's pretty serviceable as a Cleveland quarterback, but um, I don't know a whole lot about Hogan. Um, I, I saw him a little bit there in the game last week, but don't really have a too strong of an opinion on him. Um, I know if Whitehurst gets in there, you, you're dead if you're supporting Cleveland <laughs> or anything I've seen. So, um, I don't think Hogan's a whole lot better. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I mean, maybe he wasn't last week, but at least there's one game where there's maybe some upside, whereas Whitehurst, we watched him be completely awful for what yeah. eight years now or something. So, I think there's if if Kessler gets back healthy, and the Jet or the, I mean uh, Cleveland is undervalued as they have been. I think there might be some value going forward on Cleveland, but um, I want no part of them with Hogan yet or um, Whitehurst ever. And uh, but at the same time, I don't want to. There's no way it's going to be a profitable long-term laying points on the road with the Jets and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So um, for me, it's yeah, it's a pretty easy pass. I don't think there's a, a whole lot more to be said on the game. No. Um, the next game we got up here is Oakland at Tampa, and on this one, I had I had this as a straight pick. I really didn't know what to make of this, uh, so I just put it out a pick. What'd you uh, What'd you have? Yeah, my guess for this one was Tampa Bay minus one. My power rating was Oakland minus one. The opener was and the look ahead, I guess I should say Tampa Bay was minus one for both of those. So um, yeah, I kind of a little bit higher on Oakland, I guess the markets are judging by last week and. Uh, that was a pretty easy winner, and I, I really should have made more money on that game as confident as I was on it, but I, I didn't because I, I never really heard anything all week about Oakland. And I, I, that's another thing where I kind of second-guessed myself or whatever, and it really just cost me money, so I should really just stick to stick to my guns and stick to what my reactions are and, and go with it. But So, yeah, similar here. I don't like Oakland as much in this spot because they have to travel. Uh, they are staying east, actually, um, so they're not going back to Oakland. They're just going to stay on the east coast, and which I do like that better, but I still don't think it's a great spot for them. And so um, I obviously have a small lean towards Oakland, but I'm almost for sure not going to be betting this game, and um, we'll see, see what happens. Yeah, I I think I, I, I want to bet Oakland here. Um, I was taking them last week in Jacksonville. This is kind of a similar spot where I think Oakland's a much better team, even though they're on the road. And in this pick and price range, you're getting a point or two. Uh, I think I think Oakland's uh, you know a good bet, but at the same time, what really um, makes me hesitate a little bit is. Just from a spot perspective, last week I loved them coming off of um, losing to Kansas City at home. What we talked about was kind of a fraudulent game, and then going back on the road against a Jacksonville team that just had a you know pretty decent sized come from my victory against Chicago, and was feeling probably a little better about themselves than they probably should have. And uh, I just thought the spot um, wasn't ideal for Oakland, but it was either favorable or you know not beneficial either way so i thought in that instance they were by far the better team than jacksonville so in that price range i liked them a ton whereas this week um i don't know i don't think the spot's terrible because tampa is just coming back home after um beating uh, san francisco pretty handily coming off their by on the road and you know there's, there's a chance they might be a little bit uh too happy with themselves last week but at the same time Oakland's just been traveling so much, 
we played a lot of East Coast games and, um, you know, the early start time. And um, I just – I don't totally trust them to be – they're not a team that I want to be betting over and over again week after week on the road. It's just hard to imagine that that's going to be, you know, profitable doing that week after week. So um, I, I cashed with them last week, but I don't really know if I want to go back to the well with them again this uh, this soon. But that's the only way I'd look in the game. Uh, as far as a total goes, I've already made a bet on the over. Uh, I think Oakland's a dead nuts over team, even though their defense didn't give up a lot of points last week. Um, I still don't think they're that great of a unit. And I think Oakland's offense is really solid. And Tampa, I think, is not necessarily a mirror image, but I think Tampa's offense either scores a lot of points or they turn it over a lot and create points against them. So I think they're both kind of over teams. And 49's not the lowest total ever, but it's still pretty reasonable, I think. And uh, so I, I do like the over in this one. And uh, I guess a slight lean to Oakland, but uh, my biggest – my biggest position's on the over, and I've already bet it, so I like that quite a bit. Yeah, I think, in, I think for the total, I have a small lean to the under personally. I, like, I think if I was going to bet, I'd bet the under. I'm not going to, I don't think. But I, right now, I see a 50, some 50s out there, or 250s, I'd say, on my books. But yeah, if it got any higher, I might be might be interested in the unders. Maybe I'll be head to head with you there. What's your reasoning behind that? <clears throat> well, even last last week, it was uh, you know got to 49, and it was pretty lucky in my opinion to get there. And uh, Oakland's offense looked really good, you know, pretty much looks good every week. But they kind of come out, fires a blaze, and then they kind of slow down a little bit and then maybe make some mistakes. And Tampa Bay, too, I'm not super high on. But their their defense, both defenses aren't that great. But, yeah, like you said, there are some turnovers and stuff. But I don't know. With Tampa Bay, I just think their offense isn't going to be too successful at I guess it's not going to be different than what the market thinks. I don't think anything thinks Tampa Bay is a super high-powered offense, but it seems like it's kind of just going to be a little, you know, dink and dunk kind of kind of game to me. So I just don't foresee a whole lot of points being scored. But I don't, I don't feel super strongly about it. But I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the over, I guess. But that's just how I feel. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's basically Oakland weekend and week out has been putting up near 30 points. And uh, Tampa's been kind of hit or miss, but yeah, except, either... for, except for the last two weeks. But I know that, that against Kansas City was definitely pretty fluky. But well, last week they put up 33. Oh, and... you're, oh, you're talking about oh, just Oakland? Okay, I thought yeah. okay. And and yeah, the week before was that Kansas City game where they only scored 10. But we talked about before that was kind of a weird game they almost throw out. And before that they put up 34. They put up 28. They only put up 17 against the Titans, but they put up 28 and 35 before that. So basically they've had two games this year where they haven't put up 30 points. And uh, one of those games, I think we pretty much both agree, is almost a throwout. The other game was a kind of weird one against the Titans. So, I mean, obviously nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, but I would, look I would, what's happened, but um, yeah, that's the most what I would part, say. they've been overwhelmingly likely to be putting up quite a few points. Yeah, that's what I would say. I think... Uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, that's one thing is if, you know, I, I think if most people are going to say that, especially with the p- public following Oakland so closely, they know that they put up points. So I think if, you know, saying, oh, they score a lot of points every week, well, I think that's pretty common knowledge and it's already built into the number. So that's why you see such a, I think this is even slightly inflated, which I, you know, obviously I think you need to have it there just because Oakland is a, you know, scores a lot of points and stuff like that. But I don't think it's something that you're getting, you know, ahead of the market with, and me, in my opinion, personally. All right, well, we'll uh, agree to disagree on that one, and 
um, see what happens this week, and then I'm um, going forward the rest of the year on on Oakland games. Um, let's see, we got those are oh, there's two two okay two more league games left. So um, we got Kansas City at Indianapolis, and I had Kansas City laying one and a half on the road. What did you have here? Sorry, real quick, it's Oakland too. I want one more thought. I just I think the other thing I think it's. I think I generally agree with you that they're going to be, you know, obviously over, but even though the mark, the numbers will be inflated, but I think just this week it's going to be a little bit of a down week for their offense just from, you know, another situation where it's not really that great of a spot for them and stuff. And I think Tampa Bay kind of would play to their competition. So if the game a little bit slower and they're not having quite as much on offense. So I just want to throw that out there too. So it's not like I'm saying all oh, the rest of the year, I'm going to bet under on every Oakland game or anything like that. But, Playing to their competition, Tampa, there's no way Tampa's that much of an under team. The way Jameis throws it downfield like they're the opposite I'm not, of I'm not saying I'm not saying they're an under team I'm just saying that Oakland usually when they come out they're going to be you know like I said they come out and put up offense pretty quick on the board and then they're like even Kansas City last week or Kansas City when they played last week in Jacksonville like they they just couldn't do anything or whatever but which kind of you know into the line and everything but I don't anyway we don't have to argue but yeah we'll just uh, agree to disagree like you said I just want to yeah. throw that point out there I mean but anyway so um, Kansas City. What was your guess for Kansas City? Indian, Indian one and a half. One and a half. Yeah, I said the same thing. Kansas City minus one and a half. Uh, my power rating is Kansas City minus two. Uh, the Westgate opened this game at Kansas City minus two and a half, and that was a look at as well. So I think we're kind of on the same page there. Uh, but even though it's a little bit higher, uh, I don't. This is just a spot. I don't really. I mean, I I, I lean Indy just because it's more of a fading Kansas City type of thing, but. I, it's just hard, a little hard with Indy, but I, I guess you do get Andrew Luck at home, uh, which is good with some points. So that is a, definitely a positive why I would lean there. But I don't know. It's just this is a game I don't have a whole lot of opinion on. The total is already at forty nine and a half or fifty, which is already kind of accounted for for Indy's play that have terrible defense and a high powered offense, and Kansas City kind of in the middle, uh, with better defense, but their offense even looked a little bit more high powered as the last couple weeks. So. I don't know. This is a game I kind of watch the line on Indy. If it gets up to a, a flat three, maybe. But as of right now, I'm probably should be staying away. Yeah, I don't want to lay points in the road with Kansas City. I don't think they got yeah. the uh, offense for that. Um, but I also hate the Colts. I've basically been against them or trying to bet against them pretty much all year. So, um, I mean, I guess the only way I could look in this one is taking a, if you can get a flat three at minus 110 with with Indy um, and Andrew Luck at home, I think that's probably the play, but I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that. And at the current number with three of juice to the dog or two and a half, um, I don't really like it at all. So to me, it's a pretty easy pass. Um, as much as I hate the Colts, I think taking them at the three would, would probably be it, but um, I don't think I'll be doing that personally unless it ended up getting higher than three, which is hard to imagine. So uh, not a whole lot to say about this one. Let's mm-hmm. just move on to the last uh, early game here on Sunday. Uh, I got flexed back from a later time. Uh, is Arizona at Carolina, which going into the year probably would have been one of the most highly anticipated games of the year. But uh, with the way Carolina's been playing now, it's, not quite the case, but uh, on this one I had uh, – I didn't know exactly where to put this one either, so I just threw out a pick. What would you have? This one I had Carolina minus one. My power rating was Carolina minus two. Westgate opened this one at Carolina minus one and a half, and that was a look ahead as well. 
Um, so, yeah, already getting a little bit of steam with their, uh, Carolina uh, moving from, was it one, uh, one and a half that it opened, and now I'm seeing some two and a half or even three. And I think that this is a game, too, with Carolina coming off the bye. Nothing's changed. So the look ahead was pretty much, you know, stayed the same, but obviously they're just fading Arizona here. Uh, maybe from that long game at home, that was a game that they should have won, especially for for playoff competition and winning the division. That would have been a, a huge win to get closer to Seattle. So that was kind of a, even though they tied, it was definitely a, a game that they were hoping to win or wanted to win really badly, or needed to win, I should you should say, I guess. And So I guess that's why we're seeing some Carolina support. Uh, basically, I think it's more just a fading Arizona and the, the, the spot for them. And I don't... I don't necessarily disagree, but it's just hard hard to lay points to Carolina the way they've looked this year. But I think coming off the bye and everything, they they still have I think the the model like they can come out and be one. I think there's one team since they've had the playoff format that has made the playoffs so that going one and five to start the season. So I think that's what they're trying to do is be the second team, which I'm not saying it's impossible, uh, but it, you know, it's definitely possible. But I don't obviously not too likely. But so I guess there's still something to play for is my point. So. Um, at, at this number, I, I, I'm probably just going to be staying away here, too. I I don't even really like Carolina at two or two and a half, let alone three, and I don't really want to be back in Arizona just in the spot and everything else. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same on the deal. Um, my main point here is basically what you already said, but it, it was interesting how um, right after the Sunday night game got over and they played the full 60 minutes plus an extra 15, um, as soon as both those games got back up on the board, it involved Arizona and Seattle. Both the markets um, just immediately played against both of those teams. Um, so I think that's something to keep in mind here that uh, your average person might kind of overlook um, just the situation. Because, yeah, I think if you told me, oh, you're getting Arizona, who I'm not extremely high on, but I still think they're an above-average team getting a full three points against Carolina, who is, I'd say, mediocre at best this year. Uh, I'd say, oh, give me Arizona all day long. But I think there is enough pause from the situation that um, I still might end up taking Arizona if I get to a flat three, but um, I won't be completely enamored with it as I would on a normal uh, week for both teams. And uh, as far as the total, um, I don't really have a whole lot of opinion uh, Carolina's defense has been way worse than it was last year. And like last year, a total of 48 in the Carolina game would have been not completely um, unimaginable, but it would have been uh, pretty rare. Whereas this year, I think that's going to be kind of the norm going forward is they're going to be lined higher than you'd expect. Um, but I think it's also fairly warranted with how poorly their defense has been playing. So just that's just something to keep in mind where you kind of get used to seeing certain teams um, with their totals in certain areas. And um, I think you just kind of got to get used to Carolina being lined a little bit higher. And if their defense continues to play as poorly as it has, um, maybe find some spots to, to take them over and, and uh, still maybe get another point or two of value if the market hasn't totally adjusted as far as it, as it probably should. I, I want to add too quick that I – even with, you know, like you said with Arizona Seattle, like the reaction from that Sunday night game, I I feel like one of those teams aren't going to get affected as much as we would have expected. So I think it's one of them is going to be a, a you know bad movement. But I mean I know that you kind of do it. But I, if I had to guess, I think Arizona is going to not be as much affected as Seattle. I think Seattle is going to get more affected by it than. And I think a lot of it has to do with it, like like you were saying, the defense being on the field so much longer. Because Arizona defense, I think uh, somebody said the Arizona defense was on the field even for the extra period. 
or the extra quarter, the they were on the defense less than an average team was last week. Uh, you know, even playing the extra time. So, I think if you're going to say one of the two teams are going to be affected, I think Seattle's definitely going to be more affected overall than Arizona would be. So that's why, I'd, yeah, I'd like Arizona. I think I'd look toward Arizona here too if it gets to a three, just because it might be a little bit, um, you know, over adjusted. Yep, I think that's a fair point. Um, now on to the afternoon games. Uh, it's another weird week where there's um, what seven early games and there's only two late games. So that's kind of a, I don't know, unfortunate from a viewing perspective. Um, I hate when it's that lopsided. And it'd be nice if they'd just, you know, have thrown two terrible games like all the games last week on the late slots. You could just skip them all together and, uh, you know, go do something productive a little bit on your on your Sunday. But unfortunately, that's not the case because I'd say two of the best games, um, I'd say I guess the best three games of the day are all the late afternoon and night games. So... They'll uh, probably have you hooked in here, but the first of the afternoon games is uh, San Diego at Denver. Uh, I had Denver minus six as my guess. What'd you have? I had Denver minus five and a half. My power rating was Denver minus three and a half. Uh, this was before the Monday night game, which they did look decently impressive, but uh, granted it was against Houston. Uh, the, the Westgate opened at Denver minus six and a half, and the lookhead was Denver minus six and a half. So, and just judging off of that, I basically liked San Diego a lot. Basically, the same reaction I had with New Orleans right away and the same reaction I had that Jacksonville-Tennessee under. So, But with this one, I was more confident that, you know, if Denver looked good last night, they were going to you know, move. They were going to be bet up a little bit where I thought it might get to seven because there's, you know, just six and a half, so there wasn't any sevens available. And then now uh, when I'm looking at it, I see fives or five and a halves. So it looks like, again, the market, even a four and a half, I guess, <laughs> and on, on a decently sharp book, too. So it looks like the market, again, beat me, uh, or not beat me, but uh, bet it the wrong way, and I lose some value on it. So I am like San Diego a decent amount here, but already, you know, a point or two points adjustment from what it opened at. I, you know, not not in the business to get in the worst of the numbers, so maybe see if we get any buyback on Denver, which I won't be super surprised about, but at this point I'm just going to be uh, not betting it. Yeah, I think I think San Diego's. Um, I mean, uh, they obviously they won last week against Atlanta, who's a fairly highly thought of team. So, you know, that as every week goes on, you're kind of losing more and more public perception value to them. But I think San Diego is a pretty solid team, even though they're yeah. three and four. Uh, I think that record's a little misleading. They basically could have won every game this year. They've lost them all at the last second. And not that you're going to win all those because a lot of them are just coin flips, but um, I think they're a pretty solid competitive team. So anytime you're looking at taking six or more with them, I think it's not a bad bet. But, uh, you know, after beating the Broncos on Thursday night there at home and, you know, division rival looking looking pretty good and pretty much dominating that game and then getting a little extra time and going on the road and beating the Falcons – which is a fairly tough place to play. And, you know, they're one of the better teams in the league, according to most people. So I think uh, right now, you know, San Diego is kind of riding high and, you know, you're, you're buying them pretty high. And so I don't think the spot is great for San Diego. Um, I think there's been a little bit of value. Obviously last week I was on them and, and the week before um, there was more value. And then even the week before against the Raiders, they covered um, only losing by three. So I think you're kind of a little late to the party if you're just starting to, to back San Diego. But at the same time, you know, you're still getting five and a half with them. And 
so that's really the only way I could look in the game. But uh, I guess, yeah, I, I didn't take the six or or six and a half that was available earlier either. So um, I'll kind of be doing the same thing as you, and um, I'll definitely be getting on it if it if it does get up to you know seven for sure, which I don't foresee, or probably even six or six and a half. But even if it doesn't, we'll kind of see how the week goes, and I might still be tempted to jump on them at the current number of five and a half because I do think they're a team that. Even if they don't pull it out, they're probably going to keep it close. But um, I guess one thing that would counter that would be the fact that Denver did lose at San Diego two weeks ago. So as as with the New England game, they're probably going to be primed and ready to get a little bit of revenge against one of their division rivals. So that would be a thing that would make me pause a little bit in terms of backing San Diego. But that uh, is the only way I could really look here. Yeah. Um, and then, so the last, um, the last of the two afternoon games is uh, the one that got the time change back there is Green Bay at Atlanta, and my guess on this one was Atlanta minus three and a half. Okay, uh, yeah, my guess was Atlanta minus three. My power ratings where you had it, Atlanta minus three and a half. The opener and the look ahead was Atlanta minus three, uh, and right now we're seeing, I guess, a little bit of Packers money, not a ton, but. Uh, Definitely more Packers money than Atlanta money, it looks like. So we're seeing either two and a half with a lot of juice towards Atlanta or, uh, you know, three with juice towards Green Bay or even some flat threes. So, um, yeah, I like Atlanta a decent amount here. I think uh, they're just – the spot obviously isn't too good for Atlanta. They've had a lot of tough competition here, traveling around, going west, and uh, now they're coming back home. Uh, they you know, kept it close, Seattle and whatever. So it's uh, – It'll be interesting to see, uh, but I I, just, I think I'm a lot more down on this Green Bay team than, than the markets are, and, and the, especially the, specifically the betting public. So they're just, I don't think they're the same team, and I think at any week they can kind of turn it on. But even that even that Thursday night game against Chicago, they, they won from the score pretty handedly, but I don't by any means think they were dominating that game or anything along those lines. They definitely didn't look like the old Packers. So this will be a game where if it gets down to a flat 2.5, I'm probably going to be on Atlanta. But I don't know. I, I would assume – Assume Atlanta, some Atlanta money to come here to get it to a flat three by kickoff, but we'll we'll see, I guess. Yeah, I don't really. I'm not enamored with either of these teams. I I'm pretty down on Green Bay as a whole. I don't think they've done a whole lot to impress me this year, and I don't think they're quite right still. And I firmly believe I had Chicago plus eight there last Thursday against them, and I pretty strongly believe if Hoyer would have stayed in that game, Chicago would have covered and. Maybe not won the game outright, but I think it would have been pretty close and could have gone either way. But then Matt Barkley came in and they kind of pulled away because he was just horrible. But uh, so I, I don't give them a whole lot of credit for that, and they really haven't done a whole lot else to impress me this year. You know, they they beat the Giants, you know, not barely, but they didn't look overly impressive against them. The the best, probably their most impressive game of the week or game of the year this year is when they jumped out really strong on the Lions and then ended up just kind of coasting to a seven-point victory, but that was kind of a misleading final score. Uh, other than that, I thought they were in a great spot a couple weeks ago against Dallas and just kind of no-showed, and and uh, they didn't do a whole lot to really regain my uh, my favor there last week. So I do think they're a pretty deeply flawed team, and I do think McCarthy's a pretty horrible coach for the most part. And um, even though Rodgers has looked kind of off, I still – I still think that he's a pretty good quarterback 
obviously. I think but, it has more to do with the talent around him personally with the wide receiver and everything. So he's sitting there and there's just nothing open. He you know, goes checks and he's, you know, he's five five deep in his in his process for checking wide receivers and you know, he still can't find anything. Yeah, and I think that along with the play calling and yeah. uh, just the overall level of coaching there, it just seems like yeah, they're kind of thin on talent based on the way you know Ted Thompson and uh, they go about drafting and basically never getting any kind of free agents then um they you know so they're kind of thin on talent and then not only that I don't think McCarthy um really uses the talent he has to the best of of his abilities or not I guess they probably are to the best of his abilities but not to the best abilities of a good coach so well, it's even I think it's, the offensive line I think has been pretty impressive to me too because I, I don't know how many times I've looked back there and Aaron Rodgers is sitting there and he just has time after time after time and eventually he finds somebody but it's like I don't know. Usually, when you give Rogers decent amount of time and protect him a decent, like pretty well, it's pretty dangerous. So it is kind of strange that it, they haven't been more successful. So that's why it leads tends me to believe that you know it's the the you know, skilled position players that are around them that are kind of lacking, in, in my opinion. Yeah, that's just a little bit surprising. You think when they got Jordy Nelson back, that would have made a big difference from last year. But yeah, from from everything we've seen this year, it really hasn't. So um, I guess we'll see if that if that changes at all going forward. But I, I was kind of surprised. That I guess three and a half on this one. I thought they might be getting a little bit more respect from their general public. And it seems like they're usually priced a little bit higher than they should be since they are a fairly public team. So um, I thought it might, uh, or I mean, I mean, it might be a little bit lower than than it is right now. But uh, at, at a, right now, it's you know a three one ten, but it does look like it might be trending to two and a half. So if the public does beat, you know, bet it down there. Uh, under three, I'm absolutely going to be back on the Falcons. I think they, I'm not a huge fan of them either, but I think there's a decent spot to rebound after they kind of blew a game against Seattle and they blew the game against the Chargers last week um, at home. I think they're a pretty solid team, and um, I do like them to bounce back, but I don't really feel like laying three is a great bet with them, but if you get under three, that's uh, the side I'll be on. Yeah, I also want to say I have a small lane to the under two right now. I'm seeing 52.5 or 53s. Um, so I'd I, I take the under here um, if I had to right now, but uh, I'll kind of wait and see if it gets any higher, but otherwise I'll stay away. But I, I'd lean under here. Yeah, I think Atlanta is kind of a, a pretty decent over team, but I think Green Bay is wildly overvalued in the totals market. I think they're still giving credit for a good offense and their defense isn't really totally respected. Where I think of anything, it should be flip flopped. I think their defense is probably better than average, and their offense is just really hasn't been in sync. So, I'd agree with that. Um, lean under solely based on the Green Bay uh, component of the game. Hmm. Uh, then, so we got the uh, that was the end of the afternoon games. Now we got the Sunday night game, which is probably the best primetime matchup we've seen maybe all year. Um, what about the Bears games though? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, that Bears-Eagles game, Bears-Packers game. We've got another Bears game coming in Bears Dallas this week. Oh, yeah, Bears-Dallas. Yeah, It's uh, too bad we can't have more Bears primetime games here going forward. But... Well, luckily we get to stay tuned for Monday night. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we got uh, Philadelphia-Dallas here, um, which should be a great game. Uh, hopefully this one actually lives up to the billing because so far a lot of the primetime games have been kind of snoozers. Uh, this one I had Dallas minus four. What'd you have? Um, yeah, I had Dallas minus four and a half. My power rating was Dallas minus three and a half. 
The opener from Westgate had Dallas at minus 4.5, uh, and the look ahead was one tick above that at Dallas minus 5.5. And, and right now I'm seeing 4.5, and, a half and uh, I see one Rogue 5 at MGM, uh, and then I see a 4-2 at Bookmaker so, and Coast. So, um, you know, this game, I right away I didn't really like it a whole lot. It's kind of, you know, pretty much just going to stay away and enjoy it, but the more I'm looking at it and the more I, you know, look at the percentages and everything else I'm looking at for betting trends and everything else that I'm just market wise and just looking at the two teams a little bit more in depth. I think I'd a little bit stronger lean towards Philadelphia, uh, getting the points here. Uh, it's kind of, kind of don't like them coming off that big win against Minnesota, but I think they will get their most effort here in a division game, especially Dallas. I think it's just a high commodity rated team almost as Minnesota was. So, uh, it'd be, you know, I, they, they 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 were pretty sloppy too that game against Minnesota. I think both basically is both were sloppy, but one was just more way more sloppy than the other. And they they scored some points, but that didn't have anything hardly anything to do with Minnesota's defense. There was a lot of just had that special teams touchdown, some interceptions on uh, a lot of turnovers on defense, and uh, so I don't know. I I, the, I think Dallas will be a little bit sloppy too coming off the bye, just because they had so much momentum going into the bye. So I really won't give them any extra bump at all. Which, you know, usually might give them a half a point to a point off of coming off a bye. But Dallas, I think, might be kind of a similar performance like Minnesota. They might just have a little bit of a down game because I really don't like the coaching staff a ton for Dallas, and they, like I said, had a quite a bit of momentum coming in. So might just put a stop to it. Where I, I won't be surprised at all if seeing upset here with Philadelphia winning this game outright. Even though I'm not super high on Philly, but I think this is kind of just a, a spot where you know getting the po- getting four and a half points. I probably gonna be on Philadelphia here. Yeah, I mean historically and over the last you know year or two. Is there a team other than Oakland um, that you feel worse about than you know being on a roll and being fat and happy coming off a of bye than Dallas? <laughs> it's yeah. just, I can't think of a whole lot of other teams that I'd really trust to uh, least you know trust less to come off a of bye and be fully focused and have a great effort. And uh, you know Dallas is what they've won five in a row now. I've been hearing constantly over the last couple weeks here how they're you know, maybe the best team in the NFC and the Super Bowl contender and how great Dak Prescott is and everything's rolling. Like, I just don't uh, – I don't think they're a team that's, you know, necessarily mentally tough and enough to, to handle that situation uh, extremely well. And I think they're – you know, they're a solid team, but I don't think they're a overly talented team to the point where they can – you know, be spot proof like we talked about with the Patriots. I just don't think they're coached well enough or have the talent to necessarily be immune to to uh, you know overconfidence and and to losing focus at times. And I just think they're kind of a poster child for a team that does underperform uh, at times. And the fact that they've been on such a run, I think, is uh, every week that they continue to to play as well as they have, I think, just kind of adds more opportunity going against them here in the future. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't like the fact that Philadelphia ended up giving the Vikings their first loss last, last week because they might, you know, they're not in a, a perfect spot either coming off that win. But I just think four and a half is too many points, and I don't trust Dallas, um, you know, offensively, and they're not super explosive. So it's hard to lay a number with their a team like them. And uh, Dallas, I mean, Philadelphia can also, you know, score, and they got a pretty solid defense as well. So. I just think four and a half is a, just a tad too much, and you never know with how public of a team Dallas is. This might get even bet higher. So, um, 
I haven't bet Philadelphia yet, but I'd say there's a really good chance by the end of the week I'll have a, a Philly ticket in my pocket. Yeah, me too. I agree with that. And kind of like, like you said, too, it, the, it isn't the best spot after coming off the, the Vikings' big win there after they had given their first loss of the season. Only undefeated team uh, as of last week, uh, and then they go down. But like I, I already kind of said this, but I kind of want to reiterate it, just the fact that there was it was a pretty sloppy game. So on the coaching staff, they go back and look at tape. It's not like they're going to say, "Oh wow, we played a great game and get super you know high on themselves." There, there's a lot that they can correct and, and make better. So I think that's you know for me betting on them coming up this week, I think that's a good thing because they have a lot to improve and they're not going to get you know overconfident and stuff. So they, I think that'll be uh, very helpful getting the, getting the points here in a division game like that. So yeah, but I agree with pretty much everything you said too. Yeah, and unlike unlike Dallas, where the last game they played, they went into Green Bay into Lambeau where they've struggled a ton historically and basically controlled the Packers and just dominated that game. So if, if there's ever a time where they're going to go into a bye, hearing with an extra week how great they were, that's a perfect perfect spot for it. So um, I'd agree that conversely the Eagles I don't think will be riding too high even though they did beat the Vikings there, whereas Dallas will probably have plenty of overconfidence in their locker room. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, we got the, the Monday Night Affair, another – not uh, too attractive of a matchup. Uh, we got Minnesota at Chicago. Um, I guess on this one, this was before any quarterback news was really out, so we weren't sure if it was going to be Barkley or Cutler, so I kind of just threw a number out there, and uh, I said Minnesota minus four. What did you have? Um, yeah, so I had – this was – I wasn't sure where the quarterback was either. I had Minnesota minus seven. My power rating was Minnesota minus five and a half. Uh, the opener was Minnesota minus four. Uh, that's with Chicago an undecided quarterback like I have. And then the, the look at was Minnesota minus five. And then just in my notes, I said with, I think Cutler's worth about four points. But I think you made a good point. I, mean, I kind of knew that, but kind of didn't really consider it just how how little the team would want to play for Cutler, which so I don't know if that's quite factoring. It's maybe slightly lower than that, maybe three, three and a half. But I think he's significantly better than, uh, I don't even know what his name was, the, the third string. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right Matt now. Matt Barkley. But, yeah, Barkley. Um, so, just talent-wise alone. But um, so I, I get yeah. So four points what I had him for. So if you take that, I basically said Minnesota minus three. So I mean it's kind of right in that range, right in the middle of you know between the two. And then now that Cutler's ruled in, you know I'm seeing right now it's at five and a half, six. Um, and I I won't be surprised if this got up to seven. But uh, come just because just there's low, so little support for Chicago, but. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not super confident by any means it's going to get to seven, but I, w- I wouldn't be super shocked either. So, um, but, but so I mean, it, my numbers and everything tell, tells me to lean Chicago or you know bet Chicago, but it's just so hard to do it, especially after Minnesota just got absolutely embarrassed. Everything coming out of the locker room with Minnesota about how poorly they performed and stuff, and and then especially when you add in the fact that Chicago is just so little respect for Cutler that it's just. Uh, yeah, numbers-wise, it says, yeah, it takes, takes Chicago and, you know, whatever, but it's just kind of hard with the spot and everything else uh, considered, so I think I'm probably just going to stay away here. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. I mean, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of value in Chicago, but I don't know how you could possibly trust not only Cutler coming off an injury where he hasn't played in a few weeks, but the team just, I don't think, responds to him at all. And I know I saw a quote from him today, and then when the reporters asked him if Fox 
um, you know, trusts him as a head coach. And he's like, well, I, you know, he doesn't really have a choice at this point, I guess. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, that's not, uh, you know, an overwhelming vote of confidence for, you know, your supposed at this, you know, franchise quarterback. He's been there for I don't know how many years. Um, talking about his head coach. So it's like, there's just, just kind of a icy, rocky relationship there overall. So, um, I don't really trust him or the Bears team much at all. And, uh, and, uh, conversely, the Vikings, um, you know, Simmer was just pretty pissed about how horrible performance that was. And they did look unbelievably bad there against Philadelphia coming out of their bye. You'd expect a little bit of a better effort from them, but uh, obviously that didn't happen. And I do think that their offensive line's a big worry going forward because, uh, you know, maybe you can shield it a little bit at home, but on the road they just kind of got exposed against a good defense. And um, But I know, like, Chicago doesn't really have that great of a front seven, and they don't think they can put a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback. So maybe that weakness won't get as exposed against Chicago as it was against Philadelphia for the Vikings. And uh, and I do think that uh, Chicago is just a team that you can have some weaknesses and still get by Chicago fairly easily. But at the same time, I don't really feel like laying points on the road with the Vikings, um, especially close to a touchdown. That just doesn't seem like a great a great bet. So I feel like um, one way I'd maybe look at this game is I, I hate teasing teams on the road. Um, it just doesn't. Uh, it just seems like a team, if a team's going to not cover the spread on the road, you know, a five-and-a-half, six-point spread, they might lose the game outright. It might be one of those type of deals. But it's just hard for me to imagine that the Vikings are going to lose this game with as pissed off as Zimmer was, and he should have them, you know, fired up and, and fully focused here for this game. And the Vikings undoubtedly have way more talent than Chicago. So I think that there's a pretty good chance they win this game. So I'd be kind of tempted to tease the Vikings down to – down to a pick here and just uh, have faith that they're going to, you know, win this game. And uh, so that's probably the way I'd look. I don't have a, 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 I haven't played any teasers or definitively have one that pops to mind that I think is an absolute must play. But uh, that's kind of the way I'd look in this one is uh, either tease the Vikings or just stay away from the game altogether. Yeah. So that uh, concludes our game by game recap. Um, I know I didn't, uh, didn't mention earlier, but uh, we do have a concept corner here coming up, so let's uh, get right into it. Now, clear your head as we back into concept corner. All right, for our, our concept corner here today, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, a win expectancy in in terms of, I know a lot of people think, you know, your, your general amateur better thinks, um, all right, if, if you're going to make a bet, you're going to assume that that bet's likely to win, which, you know, obviously in general, you'd prefer to have a bet that you're making more likely to win. But I just wanted to say there's instances where you might be making a bet that you'd expect to lose, but you still make the bet because there's value on it. And this generally occurs, you know, more often in money line sports like, you know, hockey and baseball. But you can bet money lines in football here, too. So um, say uh, an example this week would be um, so San Diego. I know they cashed as a pretty decent-sized dog last week against Atlanta, but they're going up against Denver this week, and they're you're getting 2-1 to one at plus 200. 
uh, betting them on the money line just to win the game outright. So you could think that San Diego is more than likely to to lose the game, but say if you even think they're say forty nine percent to win the game, and you're getting two to one to bet on them, then you know say you're, you're betting a hundred and they win it forty nine percent of the time. When you're getting two to one on your money, you're making a pretty large profit on the game. Um, if they ran the game a hundred times or you know a million times or whatever, that's a, a good bet to bet them at that price, even though you think they're going to lose the game. If you think that they're going to win the game enough times to make it profitable, catching a, a pretty decent size plus price, it can still be a good bet. Or the inverse of that, if you have a team that's a big favorite in a game, um, you know, say that just the opposite of that game, say you got Denver minus two. 225, 240, somewhere in there, and you think they're going to win the game, but you only think they're going to win 51% of the time. If you're betting 240 to win 100, you're going to, even though they're going to win more often than they're going to lose, you're still going to get hammered in terms of your bottom line um, long term. So basically, like we talked about with with the numbers in terms of a point spread, how you know every half point matters. Um, also, when you're talking about different money line type bets or or just the juice in general. Um, you got to pay attention to the juice that's attached to a certain number because even if even if bets are you know going to win a certain percentage of the time, the juice is kind of the equalizer there in terms of it can make a bet that doesn't win that often profitable, or it can make a bet that wins a lot unprofitable. So you really got to pay attention to how much juice you're paying that's attached to that number. You uh, got anything to add to that, Rob? No, I mean, I just want to, that's, I mean, and it really depends on the type of better. I mean, if you're just going out to bet to have fun or whatever, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. Completely fine. You just got to know that. And if you're, you know, want to be a recreational type of better, you just kind of got to know that going in and not have expectations. Like, I want to go, you know, make, make money. Um, and you, you might, you might not, but, and, you know, over the long, over the long run, if you do that and you're most likely not going to, and that's fine. Cause you could kind of, you know, mark it off as an entertainment tax, but you know, for the people that do want to, you know, win. Aside, and, let me interject here quickly. Aside to that is. Um, your average recreational better is almost always going to be betting minus 110 juice where there's a point spread involved when there's betting 110 to win 100. And so you don't really have to factor in the juice that much. But there is uh, situations where, you know, they'll but you tell you like, yeah, you know, three with juice to the dog where they are going to mark that juice up to minus 120 where you got to bet 120 to win 100. So even your average person, um, they're not going to be making a lot of, you know, exotic, you know, money line or long, long shot bets where you're factoring in juice a ton, but you still want to pay a little bit of attention to what kind of juice is attached to, to each number before you bet it. So anyway, continue, Rob. So, so yeah, but you know, like, yeah, if you make a bet, like Frank was saying, and yeah, it might not win. It's 40, 40 year when expected 47, 48% of the time. But if the number is saying that it's going to win, you know, 42% of the time, and, you know, right there, that's, yeah, you're still not expected to win, but, you know, in the, in the long run, you're going to make money, even though that one specific outcome isn't likely to win that one specific time. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I look for, that Frank looks for, you know, value anywhere in the marketplace. So, if there's value on something, and you feel like, you know, you can win long-term by making that bet, that's all you really care about. So, even if it doesn't win that one specific time, you know, okay, I'm going to make this bet, I'm probably going to lose right now, but, you know, in the long run, I'm going to make money on it. So, I mean, that's really all you can do as, as a professional handicapper and handicapper in general. So, All right. Uh, that's just a quick little concept corner on something that might be counterintuitive to most people is even if you're not expecting to 
necessarily win a bet. It can still be profitable in the long run based on um, the juice attached to it. So now let's uh, wrap up the podcast here with our AS Pick of the Weeks. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, Rob. So it looks like uh, last week was uh, your first uh, stumble here of the year. You had the the Rams there and that uh, London game against the Giants getting the three. And even though uh, I'd argue is the right side, uh, I'm sure you would as well, it uh, didn't quite get there on the, the shoulder of Case Keenum and, uh, you know, whatever it is uh, is what it is. Now you dropped a 4-1 and one on the season. You had something to say there? Yeah, so I'd, kind of annoying. I felt like I was on the right side there and very easily could have won that bet. But my you know, three, I guess, I was debating was Oakland, which is probably the one I felt the strongest about, but I know we kind of both felt like that. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Rams, and then I also felt pretty strongly about Atlanta. So obviously I would have won two and one there. But uh, what, what can you do? Still four and one on the AS San Diego the against so Atlanta? Or, sorry, yeah, San Diego. Yeah, against – no, not San Diego. I, New Orleans, I don't know why I said that, but yeah, New oh, Orleans, okay. I would say. Yeah. I felt super strong about that all week and whatever. Yeah, um, last week I did uh, go with Oakland, so that was pretty much never in doubt right side winner, so that uh, felt good and uh, got me back to 2-2-1 two, two and one on the year. So I'm still a couple games back of you, but uh, I do believe I take honors for this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe that was a good <laughs> loss on, my, on, my, on purpose to give you the honors. <laughs> So yeah, there's uh unlike last week, there's nothing that really jumps out at me that, um, you know, I think oh I, I'm I'm automatically gonna take that like I did with uh, the Oakland game last week. So, um, I mean I did the first bet I made of the week was that under on the Jacksonville Tennessee game, but uh, I, I bet that at 46 and you know that that number is far gone now. So, um can't really go that direction so i think i'm going to take um the other bet that i made right away which i'm going to go with the at uh, oakland tampa bay over uh, looks like there's 49s 49 and a halves um so i think i think there's still enough 49s out there where um that'd be a fair grade so i'll take the uh over 49 and uh the oakland tampa game well where are you going huh well, I got a few. I don't like you. I don't. I don't even have any bets released yet so far. Uh, there's a few, obviously, that I'm kind of kicking myself about, but that's fine. So yeah, I'm kind of just gonna watch the markets, but obviously, I need to pick something here. I, I'm kind of between a few different games that I'm most likely gonna be releasing, but I think. Well, I just saw it fl- flash my screen go down, so I guess maybe I'll go San Diego uh, five and a half. I just uh, flip down from five to four and a half. I think I might actually go put a bet in this after the, the podcast here because I think it might be moving down. All right. That sounds good. Well, uh, and like uh, we say pretty much every week, but um, I know right now I have two po- two plays released. Um, hopefully people were checking the website there Sunday night at com and saw that uh, Tennessee-Jacksonville total uh, release up and, and – uh, Keep checking the, the website here throughout the rest of the week to see if me or Rob uh, releases any more plays. And also to uh, put in your own, you know, create an account, put in your own bets, and uh, track your own profitability here as the uh, NFL season continues or, you know, whatever sport you want. He's got a program so you can put in whatever there is your own uh, little 
handicapping tracking tool to do some self-analysis and you know see where you're good at see what you're not and uh you know learn from your uh, results yeah and i also want to add i did i don't know when it was last week or a week and a half ago something like that i did add to the site for the our our picks page for my end frank he only has 2016 plays but i do have all my plays from 2015 uh season from nfl so now i, I have it by default group by year so that way it lo- makes it a little bit more clear for you know how how we're doing each each way so going into next season too will be pretty useful to have for me all three seasons and for frank all two seasons so kind of breaks it down a little bit easier and you can use a little bit of other filters if you want to you know see the units even though they're pr- for me pretty much all one units frank's got a few two units sprinkled in there but or anything else to start date end date and whatever so you play with it a little bit if you if you were curious but i just want to kind of throw that in there and, and also you know if you do listen to the podcast on a regular basis make sure you, you know create an account which doesn't you know takes 10 seconds and, and then come back to the podcast page and you know click uh, subscribe so that way as soon as i post the podcast on the page i'll email everybody i have a little program i made there i'll email everybody that subscribes to it so kind of help you help you out to make sure you know when the podcast is released all right well i think that uh, wraps her up here and uh wish you the the best of luck here not only in any uh week eight action you might have but uh wish you some luck in the market movements here to hope uh, you end up with a couple plays here by the end of the week there robert <laughs> yeah yeah same to you all right thanks we'll uh talk to you later oh yeah then good luck on your uh that cleveland there for the for the baseball world series looks like they're yeah. up here midway through the game one so it'll be interesting to see how that ends up with uh see if the old cubbies can get the uh the curse of the goat uh, off their back yeah i'm not uh i don't got any chickens here in my my office here in vegas so i'm not counting anything yet <laughs> Alrighty. well have a good rest of the week and uh, we'll talk to you next week Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.